Hey, this is Mindy from Dying Oath, and you are listening to Misery Point Radio. Wastelanders, thanks for joining me again on Misery Point Radio. Absolutely honored that you would join me here in the digital void. Now, I know I say that all the time, but this time I actually almost mean it. I really do like most of you, and I appreciate being the second or third least worst part of your day for one day a week. I know hanging out with me is like winning an award and finally getting the 50 bucks to get it back from the pawn shop, but I promise that your lives are about to get a whole lot better because what I've got in store for you today is piles of metal awesomeness. Today's guest is Mindy Jackson, who's responsible for one half of the brutal dual-wielding vocal onslaught provided by epic metalcore band Dying Oath. I was only recently introduced to Dying Oath, and as I started listening while doing a review for their latest single, Insomniac, I was completely blown away. Couldn't stop listening. The musicianship in this band is absolutely stellar. Fortunately for me, and for you, Mindy agreed to throw caution to the wind and come on the show. So now, here we are. Absolutely unbelievable. We had, of course, an epic conversation about her musical influences, the origins of Dying Oath, her entry point into the band, the two currently released singles, and the status of their upcoming EP. We also talked about the return to life performance with their recent not-so-secret show, what to expect from the band in the near future, and a few of her other projects, musical and otherwise. Trust me, if you're a fan of metal and you want to check out something truly unique and intense, then check out Dying Oath and rethink your perception of women vocalists in metal. Take my word for it, this band will absolutely blow your mind. So, kick back, pull up your big kid pants, and welcome to Misery Point Radio from Dying Oath, Mindy Jackson. Hey Mindy, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here today. It's super awesome to talk to you. Well, thank you for having me and taking some time out of your day. I appreciate that. Hell yeah, I've been looking forward to doing this for sure. I think uh, we have a ton of cool stuff to talk about today, um, but one of the things I like to do before we kind of roll into all the meat and potatoes is just kind of get a little bit of history. So we got two things going on. We got a lot of stuff that happens with you, and then of course we have a lot of stuff going on with Dying Oath right now. So let's kind of uh, you know start with you personally. So when did you get into playing music? Um, I've pretty much been doing it all my life, to be honest. Um, I started singing when I was around three years old and in church, it was just something I watched my mom do and I was a huge fan of it. And I just started from there. And then when I was about five years old, I saw Joan Jett on TV and I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. And that's pretty much what I've done ever since. So Joan Jett was kind of like your catalyst moment for, I actually want to do this. Absolutely. Yes. Hands down. She is an absolute idol for women. I mean, uh, she broke through boundaries that, you know, no one else was able to in her time. So she definitely paved the way for women like me, for sure. Yeah. And what was it about, I guess, Joan Jett? Was it like her voice, her persona, just the fact that she was a, a badass woman kind of breaking into a quote unquote dudes industry? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just the whole 
meat and potatoes, you know, like everything about this woman just screams empowerment. And so to me, you know, in a world full of men at the time, it was just, it was, um, very inspiring to me. And I just, you know, I always wanted to break the mold in something. I didn't know what until then, but as soon as I saw her on TV and her leather jacket, I was like, yeah, (laughs) I could do that. How old were you at that point? I was about five or six years old. And, um, I just, you know, I really started mimicking everything that I heard at that point. And I think when I was about seven, my mom gave me this stack of CDs and was like, here, learn these. By the time I was eight, I'd learned all of them. And um, I've just been singing ever since. Awesome. So did you always kind of fit into that realm of like the harder edged music, the rock, the metal, stuff like that? No, not at all. I, uh, I started out more with like Pat Benatar and Journey and uh, Fleetwood Mac and, and stuff like that. And uh, I was really into that genre of music. And um, I started out actually playing bass and doing backup vocals in a punk band when I was 14. And I think that kind of paved the way to more heavier stuff. And then I got an audition, um, I'd say about seven years ago for another band. And uh, they were heavy. And I wasn't sure that I could do it, but I just practiced and, until I got it down. Uh, heavy in terms of like vocal delivery or just heavy in terms of like more metal guitar kind of driven stuff? Uh, both. Um, I had never tried to even scream a day in my life. And they were like, we're going to cover bodies by Drowning Pool and we want you to learn to scream. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I started talking to other vocalists that I, I knew that, you know, did heavier vocals and watching YouTube videos and stuff like that to try and figure out how to do it. And I did it terribly for a little while. And then I actually started learning, you know, how I was actually supposed to do it without hurting my vocals. And then once I learned that, I just kind of uh, took it and ran with it. Yeah, I was a vocalist for a long time in bands and I played like death metal and thrash metal and definitely did more of kind of this, the screaming vocals myself and the growls and the snarls and all that stuff. But I also had an acoustic band at the same time and I did kind of more singer songwriter kind of mellow stuff. So what was your way to kind of keep your vocals in tune where you weren't uh, kind of thrashing your vocal cords and still be able to pull off the screams and do the more mellow stuff? Well, you know, there's a right way to do everything. And when you're first starting out, you you just want to do it. You don't care if you're doing it right or whatever. And I was young and, you know, I just, I thought I'll I'll do whatever it takes to do this. And uh, like I said, it was, it was really awful at first, but then I uh, started watching like Melissa Cross videos, to be honest. And that's um, kind of what inspired me to want to do it correctly, because this is something I want to do forever, not something I want to do temporarily. So I've, I go through um, lots of things. Um, I drink lots of water, of course. Um, before I do any performances, I always eat certain things and stay away from sugars, stuff like that. So, I mean, there's a lot more to it than just practicing. But, you know. Yeah. So getting into a band like you are now with Dying Oath, you're taking on that really intense vocal role. And I know you probably get a lot of comparisons to Alyssa White Gloves and Angela Gasso, which I'm sure you're sick of. And I can actually see by your reaction that clearly I'm right. Obviously, they're two of the earliest and most well-known female metal screamers and growlers. Although at this point, there are plenty of others 
Like most musicians, I'm sure you'd rather just be known for doing your own thing and creating your own sound. But how do you respond to the comparisons to either those two that I mentioned or others out there in the world? And what vocalists do you actually take inspiration from? I think that everybody wants to do different. You know, they want to be different, be unique in their own way. But first off, I'm, I'm completely honored to be compared to those women because those are some of the women that I looked up to when I first started doing this. But uh, Arch Enemy is uh, something that I always get compared to, which is great to me because, you know, Arch Enemy is an amazing band. Um, but I, th- I feel like I, I take a lot from a lot of other bands too. My favorite band actually is Kitty. And I think that's one of the things that inspired me as well. And um, I think I'm a, a little bit of everything, but you know, everybody's got a different take on who I sound like, <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll take them all. You'll take them all. Awesome. <laughs> well, you know, I, th- I think now, especially getting into kind of this day and age, the idea of women as vocalists, not just as kind of like backup vocalists or co-vocalists in death metal are really holding their own, I think, in this industry. And uh, uh, definitely about time, I think the the idea to me, and I don't know if you agree, but this this concept of this is a woman-fronted rock band needs to just go away because it's just it's so common anymore that it's just a hey we're a metal band we're a rock band it doesn't matter who the vocalist is absolutely i mean i have two takes on that you know i i feel like we're not really a female-fronted band we're just we're just a metal band right but in the same right you know i'm really honored to be in the realm of female fronted bands because it's, it's very empowering to me as a woman to live in this time and to be blessed, to be able to, to be at the forefront of such an amazing band. So, you know, it could go either way, but I just enjoy being in a band in general. (laughs) No, that's awesome. Well then let's talk about Diane Oath. So give us a little bit of history. I know you weren't there right at the get go, but uh, tell us kind of how the band got started. And then at what point your entry came in? Well, I, I knew most of these guys, um, anyways, uh, but Josh and Ryan, uh, the two guitar players have played together for years, but Ryan actually was the drummer and they went through a lot of lineup changes and they found Jacob, who is a phenomenal drummer. So Ryan decided that he was going to go to rhythm and give Jacob the drums and they jammed out for a while and they found Jeb, who was a clean vocalist, and they wanted to lean more toward, you know, heavier vocals and stuff like that, which he is predominantly cleans. So they started looking for another singer. Um, they had a bunch of uh, auditions, and I guess I ended up being what they were looking for. So they kept me. And then I brought in the other Ryan, who is the bass player, because he's my roommate, my brother, and uh, somebody that I'd played in a band with before, with Jacob. Oh, cool. And so it just it just worked perfectly. I'd known Josh since I was like 14. So it just worked out perfectly. We all get along really well. We're all best friends. And so it just made sense to make music together. And so they were already familiar with the kind of music that you were playing. Was there any kind of uh, they, they sought you out specifically or was this just kind of one of those things where the opportunity presented itself and you're like, hey, throw me in that bucket? Well, I had checked them out earlier on um, before they had uh, found Jeb. And um, I was like, hey, if you guys need a vocalist at some point, let me know. Um, But at the time, I was in four other bands. And so I was like, you know, (laughs) I don't really have the time right now. And then things started falling into place. And I got more time to do it. 
And uh, Josh and Jacob had hit me up separately and was like, hey, you know, we're looking for a vocalist. So I was like, you know, what the hell? I'll show up to an audition. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, cool. And I ended up being what they were looking for. And the rest is history. What do you think it was that solidified it? What what made them sign the ink on you? Um, from what I understand, I think my vocals were heavier than anybody else that they had auditioned. And uh, being a woman, I think that kind of blew them away because I was up against all males. And they were just like, well, you know, if, if you're already this good, then how much you're going to progress is going to be crazy, which over the course of just the year we've been together, I've, I've learned so much about myself as a musician and my vocals have greatly changed and strengthened, I would say. So it worked out. Do you think, um, was Dying Oath always kind of intended to be a dual vocalist band? Um, I don't necessarily think that they meant for that. They knew that they were going in a metalcore direction. And, um, I think that, it just brings something unique to the table to have, um, you know, a female front who does predominant um, screams, I guess you would say, and uh, to have the male do all the cleans. I think it's it's something that's really unique. And uh, when they found that, they were like, wow, we definitely want to roll with this because it's something that nobody else is doing. Yeah, it's definitely a role reversal, which I like. I, I always like the the idea of taking somebody's perception and just completely fucking smashing it up and tossing it out the window. And that first time you do something, first time you play something, I assume the first time you let out a brutal death snarl, people's faces just went like, what the fuck? I absolutely love that feeling and that just that vision. Yeah, when people see me, you know, I'm, I'm not the, the biggest woman in the world, you know, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> small. And so, you know, at first, I don't want to say they don't take me seriously, but they don't really know what I have to offer. And then once they see me actually executing all of this, I don't think it's necessarily that I'm a woman. I think that's part of it. But I think it's just, you know, any person that can do what I do, I think is impressive to me anyway. So the The fact that I can do it and be such a small woman that lets out (laughs) such these these large screams, I think uh, people find that more impressive than anything, I guess you would uh, say. Your, your vocal delivery is very powerful. And so, uh, yeah, I can only imagine that people's minds are blown when they see that. When you were auditioning, was Jeb there with you? Yeah, the whole band other than Ryan, the bass player, was there because he hadn't come along yet. We were still looking for a bass player. Mm-hmm. But uh, the whole band was there. And, uh, they just kind of rolled what through what they already had. And, um, Josh actually had been putting down screaming parts just on the recordings just to see, you know, what everything sounded like and mapped out. And so, you know, he was like, this is kind of what we want it to sound like. So just take it and do your own thing with it. And, um, so I did, and I think it was probably more than anything he expected, to be honest. And what was it like that first time that you and Jeb sang together? Do you remember that feeling? Was it an immediate, oh my God, this is working? Or was there like a, I'm not sure about this moment? Um, In the beginning, I wasn't really sure about it because for the last six years, um, I had done vocals with only myself doing the cleans and the screams um, because I'm classically trained in um, clean vocals. So 
that's predominantly what I had done is just taking on both roles. So I was kind of iffy about that because I'm like, okay, I like running the show and I like doing my own thing and being the only writer and all of that. But the second that me and Jeb started um, doing vocals together, it just clicked. We have, as you can see in the videos and our live performances and even here on the records, um, we just have this connection that is just undeniable. And so, I mean, that was immediate. And so I knew that's where I wanted to be. And it was the exact music that I'd been looking for all along. And so I just felt like home. Yeah, no, it definitely. There's, there's a chemistry. It, seeing it is one thing, but even when you can't see it, you can feel that the vocals just fit so well together. In fact, your entire band has an amazing uh, kind of a synergy. You know, it's like everything fits together nicely. Nothing is outshining the other. Everything is perfectly fit in the pocket, which is really, really rare I think that uh, that bands have kind of this equality amongst all st- all the musicians. Um, how does the songwriting work? Is is there a primary songwriter? Do you guys all contribute with the the music and the lyrics? Well, usually what happens, and before I even came along, they had like an EP full of music already, but it was just music. And normally, what happens is Josh predominantly writes all of the guitar parts and he'll come up with a riff or something that he likes and start putting parts together. And we'll all sit and put our take on it on how things should change with the music or whatever. Once we get that down pat, then of course, um, Ryan, the bass player, and there's two Ryans. I know that's confusing, but (laughs) Ryan, the bass player, um, and, Jacob, our drummer, will kind of throw in their parts and get the bassy kind of sound behind it and figure out, you know, everything that they need to change with that. And then once they get the music done, then me and Jeb will go behind them and just work out all the kinks and we'll sit down together and write our parts separately and see how they fit together. And then once we get it all worked out, then we have a whole song. So do you map it out like, okay, I think this is a cool spot to put on like a dirty vocal, this is a cool spot for a clean vocal. I assume it's something like that. Yeah, pretty much. I think that uh, we view music a lot the same as far as writing goes. And um, usually when Josh writes something, it gives us a type of feeling or, you know, maybe something that we've gone through or something, it reminds us of that and we'll start writing a story. So we come up with what we want to write about. And then he'll kind of write his take on it and I'll write my take on it. And then we'll go through the song and see where the heavier parts need to be. And then we kind of split it up that way. Okay, awesome. But it's definitely very collaborative between you two as far as the lyric writing. Absolutely. Um, of course, it started out him writing all the lyrics because he was there a couple of songs in before I'd made it. Sure. And um, I came in and changed a few of the parts to to fit me personally. And then, um, these last few songs that we just finished writing, um, I wrote one whole song and he came in and put the chorus in it the way he wanted it. And then our last song, we sat down and actually completely wrote the song together. So it's, it's evolving for sure. You know, and I was, as I was digging in, I, you know, I realized that y'all really haven't been a band for a terribly long amount of time. And you've already, in my opinion, amassed a pretty big following. You've done quite a bit of stuff. You've already got stuff recorded. You've got a video shot. So currently you've got a couple of singles out and you're working on, is it a full length or an EP? Cause I've kind of heard conflicting reports based off what I saw. Um, 
Well, um, we have this theory <laughs> that um, we are going to... We have six songs that we were going to put into an EP. Okay. But all of them are so beautiful and so unique in their own way that we have decided that we are going to release each single separately. And then once all six of them are put out, we are going to release the EP as um, our collection, so to speak. Okay. So um, we'll release it as an EP after everything has been put out for everybody that wants all the songs together, you know, as a press copy or whatever they want, or they can download them separately, however they want to do it. But by the time we get that done, we're already actually working on our next album, which is uh, our full length. So by the time all of that's done, we should have our full length down and ready to record. And then we'll go from there. And then the full length is in no way related to any of the stuff you're releasing. It's going to be completely different tracks. It actually, honestly, and this is not because I'm in the band, but as a musician, I think that the new stuff that we're already writing is just on a completely different level. I mean, I think the old stuff was good. Um, still is, you know, I love to play it live and those are my babies. Each song is like, you know, <laughs> a kid. I love them all sure. separately. Um, but this new stuff that we're writing, I'm so impatient to get it out because it is so good. And people are eating up what we have now and just loving that. And I'm like, wow, wait till you see what we have in store. Yeah, that's, that's pretty mind blowing. So which one, is rebellion is that going to be the ep or is that going to be the follow-up um rebellion is the ep that we're going to release with all the six songs that we are releasing okay and um we haven't come up with a name with a full length yet but i think that'll come with the the writing process okay so how long has the uh, the content for rebellion physically been in production as far as like the recording goes um, it has been in production for as long as we've been a band. We just hit our year mark. Um, that's all of us collectively. Right. And, um, so, um, it's, it's been about a year's worth of us really busting our asses. I mean, if you can see all the things that we've done and all the things that we've achieved in a year, it's really because we don't stop from the time I wake up until the time I go to sleep. I'm constantly working. I'm getting in touch with people. We're in touch with the studio and getting things uh, mixed and mastered. And, you know, it's just a never ending process, but <laughs> we love our fans so much and we just want to get that material out there. So we've just been working day and night to get this done so that we can get everything done production wise to get this set up to, to release them all the, as quick as possible. Yeah. That's awesome. The uh, recording quality of the songs that I've heard is pretty epic. Are you recording at an external studio or are you kind of working from a home studio? Um, we have a home studio set up. And Josh is actually somewhat of a producer. I mean, he's still learning. So that's why we have, if you look on our YouTube, we have some rough takes. And that was just stuff that we just released ourselves with no help. Um, the two singles that uh, we have released so far, we sent our stems off to Injected Smile Studios. And um, they actually uh, mixed and mastered them for us. And sent them back. And so those are the two that we're using now. He's in the process of mixing the other four songs. And so as soon as those are done, we'll start releasing those one at a time as well. Yeah. And, you know, not too long between the release of your two singles. So it was kind of like, bang, there's one, then bang, there's another one. So I assume you said it's the excitement that you just want to get this stuff released. 
Well, the thing was, uh, we released Modern Testament, which was our first official um, studio version song, um, was already out as a rough take. So we just said, you know, we're going to go ahead and just release that. Everybody's already heard it. It's been used, you know, a hundred times for things. So let's just go ahead and give them the real version. And by that time, we had our video and everything done and everything was ready for production for that. So we were like, okay, we're going to give them what they've already heard and then give them something new as a reward for being so patient. Oh, right on. Well, let's talk about Modern Testament for a second. Uh, So tell us about that track. You know, what's it about and why was it kind of chosen as the first release, if you will? Well, my take on that song, um, that's the first song that Jeb ever wrote. And um, I only wrote a couple of small parts in that one, as I said, because it was already written. And I I wrote some parts for myself that um, I thought fit me a little better. Um, My take on that song, though, is just kind of um, someone being in power that you know, wants to control people for the wrong reasons. And I I think really it was just kind of an empowering song of someone being the underdog and taking back the power. Yeah. You know. Well, I think now is the perfect time to take a listen to that song. So here it is, the first single off the upcoming EP, Rebellion. This is Modern Testament.
Yeah, that is an absolutely killer track. No surprise that it was chosen as a single. It's definitely a strong song. Powerful enough to deliver the sound that truly represents Dying Oath, as is your latest single, Insomniac, which is actually the first song I ever heard from Dying Oath. So for me, it represents an amazing introduction to your band. And also the video is equally awesome. It's really well made. It looks cool. I like the photography style and you really get a sense of all of your personalities and emotions. So tell us about who shot the video and how it even came to be in existence. Um, Aiden Shaw is the producer and uh, he is actually a vocalist for a band, uh, Arm the Witness. If you guys want to check that out, he's amazingly brilliant. He does all his own videos. He does other bands videos. And uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we are actually his uh, first metal band that he's ever shot with. And he kind of wanted to take on the challenge. And we wanted to do a video for Insomniac because there's just so much content in that song that we wanted to show visually. And so um, we just got together during the quarantine because, you know, we couldn't do anything else. And so we took all the necessary precautions to be able to do that. And we worked together together. And got it all done in one day, which is remarkable. That's and, amazing. Um, <laughs> he did a great job. You know, we we're like, well, if we don't enjoy it, whatever. If we do, cool. And it ended up just being mind blowing. Like when we saw the end result, we were like, wow. You know, thankfully we decided to go that route because he's just brilliant. Yeah. What was the experience like with that? You you said you got it done in a day. Um, was it relatively few takes and then he just kind of cut it up or how did that whole process work? Oh no. (laughs) Um, we had to drive to Tennessee, which is a little over an hour for us. And with the quarantine and everything going down, like that was, that was a little sketchy to begin with because a lot of people have restrictions. Thankfully, Tennessee, um, wasn't so restricted. So we drove out, uh, to this, um, studio above a recording studio And it was just this empty room that they were using for storage. And uh, he thought the light was really good. And so he was like, you know, let's try it here. And it ended up being brilliant. Um, We started really early in the morning and didn't get done until late in the evening. So we did that song probably 60 or 70 times over and over and over and just did something different every time and just felt however we felt at the time and ran with it. And he cut out his favorite parts of, the different takes and spent days piecing it all together. And what you see is the end result. Yeah, no, it's an amazing video and the song itself. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, not only the vocal delivery, but everything like the pacing is really good. I think like I love, I love the drums and the guitars and you can hear the bass in the mix. Everything just kind of fits so nicely together. So for my introduction to your band, I was pretty blown away. It definitely makes me, 
Jones for more, knowing that there's other stuff getting ready to be released. So um, now you guys just played a show, which I'm yes. extremely uh, curious about. And this was last night. So uh, this was a more or less a private show, correct? Or at least initially? It- no, it, it was a private show. Um, what's been going on, of course, with the quarantine is that, you know, they've been canceling a lot of our shows. And so we've only been able to play one other show within a couple of months. And um, we were just getting tired of things getting canceled and our fans being let down and having to get refunds for tickets and this, that and the other. And so we just decided that we were going to do a free show to give back to our fans last night. You know, we were like, you know, we want you guys to stay safe. So bring masks, do whatever you need to do. But if you guys, you know, want to come to a show, then we want to give that to you. And so, um, we found, um, a location that would allow us to do that, uh, that also had outside access. So if they didn't want to stay inside, they could still hear us from outside. And, um, luckily everybody just wanted to stay inside with us. They didn't care. They took you know, precautions to do what they needed to do. And, um, we thought maybe 20, 30 people would show up. I, I don't know the exact head count, but I think it was well above that. Sure. So, so how does it go from being a private show with a small anticipated group to kind of blowing up into something that exceeded guest count expectations? Well, our fans are, amazing. And they're like this little family. And that's why our fan page is called the dying oath family, because they're not just our fans, man. They're, they really are like a close knit group. And, uh, we had people come from all over. Uh, we only posted, um, that we were having a show in that group because with that group, we want to give back to our, our core fans and the people that join that are going to get discounts and never before seen footage and photos and things like that. Sure. So we thought, to give back to our core fans, we'll just post it on there. And we did, but word of mouth amongst our fans <laughs> spreads rapidly. And so, uh, they would bring their, their family members, their kids, um, their girlfriends, you know, whatever. And, um, so it ended up being a huge party, so to speak. We yeah. even had a uh, one fan drove from Pennsylvania, which was like six hours away. And y'all are in Virginia, correct? Yes, we are. Yeah. Well, how was the show for you? I mean, did it did it feel good to get back out? Did you feel rusty? Did you feel ready for it? We are never rusty because, like I said, we work day in and day out. We practice twice a week, sometimes more if we have a show. And it just never stops for us regardless um, because we don't want to get rusty. We want to stay ahead of our game so that when things do open up, we're already ahead. You know, some bands aren't even playing right now and you know, we're going to see each other regardless. So we just decided that we're not going to stop. We're going to continue on this train. And so shows are not like it, it has to keep going. Yeah. And so, um, for me, it was a fantastic show because we played it locally and local shows are always the best because the fans are obsessive, you know, like they're the <laughs> best kind, you know, because they're local and, here, there aren't a lot of local venues. There aren't a lot of local bands. So when they have them, they're more than happy to support. And it, it was a great turnout. But also with the release of these two songs, for me, it was just so fulfilling to hear the entire crowd just singing the lyrics to our songs and being interactive and banging their heads and starting mosh pits and just 
just seeing their smiling faces after all of these months of hiatus and them not being going out to shows and being able to do things outside of their house was just more fulfilling than anything. Yeah. You know, they were just so happy and it made us extremely happy. I saw some posts on your page that you were kind of challenging people to scream the lyrics and know the lyrics and things like that. So did that actually happen quite a bit then? Um, the entire crowd decided that they were going to sing along. And I initially wanted to find the best ones, like the ones that really got into it. But they all did so well that at the end of the show, I told them all to come over to the merch table and we gave every single one of them a free piece of merch. That's friggin' amazing. I assume Insomniac probably really drove the tightest response. It did. Um, literally everybody in the room knew every line, every <laughs> word. And even the people that couldn't scream were screaming. They didn't care. You know, they they were just like, you know they were connecting with something and they were all getting along and it was just this giant united family and it was just perfect. It was a perfect moment in 20 years of doing this. It was probably one of my favorite moments so far. That's amazing. I, I always like to hear from the artist perspective on playing the shows, especially the smaller shows or the hometown shows or the kind of pop up sneak up on you shows. Cause you really get that authentic crowd reaction. I think I, I love seeing bands that are especially even like big bands and smaller venues or private venues it's just a such a cool way to connect with the artist it sounds like your people your family is really really with you as a band that's 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 kind of a hard thing to accomplish i think especially given that you've only been around for just over a year it is but they give us so much that we try to give back as often as possible you know we're always doing giveaways we're always trying to give them something in return because they work so hard for us. They're constantly sharing things. They're downloading stuff there. Anytime we ask them for anything, they always come through for us. And so our fans are the most important thing about being in this band. And we want to show them that every day. And we do our best to do that, I think, at shows especially because it's that face-to-face experience that they get to take home with them those memories that we make together. So Awesome. Well, in addition, of course, to uh, playing in Dying Oath, you've also got, as you mentioned, kind of several other projects going on there. Uh, there's two that kind of stand out to me uh, right now. One is a, kind of an, a, an acoustic project, and then you've got the, is it the Ukuladies? Yes. Is that, I, I, yes. Fucking, I love that name, by the way, because it's very clever. <laughs> but uh, let's talk <laughs> a little you. bit about both of those, if you don't mind. Um, well, first of all, I have um, Incarnate Shadows. I think that's what you were talking about yes. um, with my roommate, Ryan. We've been friends for like uh, seven or eight years now, and we've had several projects together. But we thought, you know, while we have downtime and we're not playing in Dying Oath together and we're not doing, you know, whatever else we're doing, why don't we just take some of our favorite songs and do covers because all of our other stuff is original music. Right. So we are like, okay, well, you know, let's show them a different side of us. And so I do clean vocals and he plays guitar, which he normally does bass. So it was just a, a fun little project that we thought once again, we could give back to our fans and give them something that they don't normally get with dying Oath. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. Uh, I listened to a little bit of it, and it kind of reminds me of back when I was playing the singer songwriter stuff. It's it's cool and it's mellow, but it's um 
it's still kind of darker feeling like it has a kind of a dark vibe to it, which I always kind of appreciate. Was that intentional? Uh, absolutely. I think that's just a facet of my personality, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always into the darker kind of stuff, um, which with the ukuleles, that's a completely different scenario. Um, that's more of your, your girly, upbeat, poppy kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but there are so many things with being a musician for me that makes me feel fulfilled. And so I have my original heavy screamo stuff. And then I have, um, the stuff with Ryan and Incarnate Shadows, which is all my favorite songs that I can kind of put in a dark light. As you said, um, we do everything from country to, to rap, you know, but we, we make it our own. And then with the ukuleles, um, we do more indie stuff and pop stuff. And, um, that's a, another, another part of my personality and another part of my, um, my musicianship. So I just like to, to show everybody that there are more sides to me than just screaming in a band. <laughs> well, a screaming in a band is pretty badass, but yeah, the, uh, the other is. stuff is, is, is pretty awesome as well. I, I find that a lot of musicians need that extra level of, um, you know, being able to get stuff out there. That's just a different side of their personality. Do you find that those other projects, uh, such as those two, do they bring you uh, any additional satisfaction that you'd want to pursue them further? Or are these just kind of keep you busy projects? Um, they are keep me busy projects, but I, I always want to explore them further because anything that I take from any band helps me along with the other band. Um, those two projects actually, you know, they help me bring something else to Dying Oath, you know, the more melodic harmony in some of the songs that, that we're writing. And I think that uh, Dying Oath actually gives me something to take over to those two because I, now that I've been screaming, I now have this lower register that I didn't have before. So I think that it just makes me a more well-rounded musician all the way around. And it, it gives me something that I can give to all three projects. Yeah, that's crazy. And where do you find the time? I mean, obviously, quarantine aside, we probably all have a little bit more time at home. But let's just assume that that's not a factor right now. Are you still going to be able to pursue those two plus whatever other projects you have going on plus Dying Oath in the real well, world if that ever gets to be a thing again? Before um, quarantine, actually, um, I work at a haunted house. I work a full-time job. I actually have two jobs. Um, I do burlesque. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. I also do a radio show. Um, so even before quarantine, um, I'm, I'm just a person that, that likes to work hard and put all of myself into things that I love because I feel that everybody has a limited time on the earth and I want to do everything that makes me happy. And so even if I only get four hours, four hours of sleep, as I did last night, then (laughs) you know, screw it. That's what I'm going to do because I did everything that made me happy yesterday. And when I woke up today, I decided I was going to do everything that made me happy today. So time is just in your imagination. I think if you love something enough, you'll make time. It's a busy schedule, but (laughs) you don't like downtime. That's what I get out of that. I think I would go crazy if I had downtime because I've, I've been doing this for 20 years and I've always had at least two bands and two jobs. And 
I'm just a hardworking person and I bust my ass for the things that I love. And I don't think that's ever going to change. I think that I'll be 70 and still have the same schedule. No, that's awesome. You mentioned a little bit about the burlesque and then you've also got something going on. And I don't know if it's the right terminology, like a, a horror model, a gore model. Um, yes, yeah. I do gore modeling. Yes. Tell me about that because I've never actually heard of that before. Well, um, being somebody that um, is obsessed with horror movies and haunted houses, which I've worked in haunted houses for the last like 15 years. Um, Amazing. I think it kind of carries over. I mean, every girl likes to feel empowered and pretty, but I like to take that to a really dark, bloody place <laughs> as I would with, you know, with the haunt, you know, I get all dolled up and pretty and then I drench myself in blood. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, sure, why not? it's a way of life. Yeah. And it, it also goes along with the metal project. You know, I think um, it's just who I am as a person and that carries over to every project that I do because I'm authentically me and I grew up in a town that restricts that because, you know, everybody's, I don't want to say that they're, they're closed minded, but to an extent they are, it's a very traditional town. It's, um, a retirement town. So, um, it wasn't very well received as I was growing up, but I didn't care. You know, I thought I'm going to do it anyways, even if I don't make it, at least I tried. And it's just a blessing that, um, I've been successful in all of my projects so far, but I'm just, I am who I am and that's not going to change. And so I just try to carry that over to all my projects because, you know, it's me. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got so much going on, but you give a thousand percent to every project that you do. Do you have any other, uh, anything else that you want to plug or bring up or any other projects that are about to be released or anything like that? Um, our newest single that we're going to release, um, I think is end of days. And that, uh, to me is the best thing that we've written so far. So I want everybody to kind of take in insomniac and, you know, see what you think about that, but expect something more. If you like this, we want to give you something that is more raw and more us. Um, I think that we evolve as we go. But also, um, if you guys have time, obviously, uh, download Alloy Radio. I am on Ignite channel Tuesdays from 7 to 9. Um, that's um, pretty much all of my favorite music that I get to spread with the world, uh, whether it be underground or signed bands, I, I, I want to spread the love and help everyone else succeed as well. So awesome. Amazing. Well, this has been a fucking killer conversation and I appreciate you taking the time. Tell everybody out there in radio land and podcast land where they can stock you on social media, where they can find you on the interwebs. Um, definitely look us up on Facebook. That's where we are predominantly because that is attached to, of course, our Instagram, our YouTube, uh, we have Spotify, um, SoundCloud, anywhere that you can find music, we are there because we want to spread it as far as we can to share it with as many people as we can. And if you really want to see who we are, who we really are, then um, go to the Dying Oath family page. It's a, a private group, but we add anybody that wants to be a part of it because we want you guys to be a part of our family. Awesome. Well, uh, everybody, make sure that you check out all of those links. Check out the websites. Go to the Book of Faces. Join the Dying Oath family. Join the cult. And uh, I encourage you all to check out all the songs and be ready for when the new stuff hits because it is absolutely going to blow your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, 
and the rest of you, Mindy Jackson, Dying Oath. Thank you, Mindy. You're amazing. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's It's been an honor. Oh, honor was all mine. Trust me. I'd like to thank y'all for hanging out with me again on Misery Point Radio and supporting my goal of sharing these amazing artists with the universe. Make sure you check out Misery Point Radio on all the social media and podcast platforms. Like, subscribe, share, and leave some comments and reviews. Helps me out tremendously and also helps out the artists who come on as guests. And now we're going to close this out with one more song from Dying Oath. Go on their website, check out this badass video. Here it is, the latest single guaranteed to keep you up at night. This one's called Insomniac. Insomniac.